What's up, everybody? It's LG Set here. Today is Monday, December 6, 2021. Welcome to the First Minute Podcast, where I talk about marketplace trends, big sales, and everything going on in the world of NFTs. And we are talking Top Shot today. We're talking supply. We got the Herzbot in the house, the man from Own the Moment, who crunches the numbers, who helped a lot of people very early on in Top Shot, on their Top Shot journey, identifying the right stuff. He's on the show to talk about supply. Do we have too much supply? Is there too much coming out? I've pointed this out a couple times as Series 3 has started, and now as the market it kind of goes down. Some people are complaining again. It's really good to revisit this topic as to whether we have too much coming out on Top Shot. I want to remind everybody here that nothing on the show constitutes trading advice in any way and that the show is not affiliated with NBA Top Shot, the NBA, or Dapper Labs. I'm just a guy at his house who loves basketball and blockchain. This is The First Mint. All right, so we're going to get to my conversation with Justin in just a second. And this conversation was spurred on by, I mean, a lot of Twitter chatter, obviously, last week, but also the fact that tomorrow we have another base set drop coming. These are supposed to represent kind of moments being kind of crap, right? They're supposed to be the bottom layer, moments that are meant to be trade tickets. But obviously, people are unhappy as their moment values tank. We had fresh threads last week, which came out, had some good value for people. I think the packs have been EV plus since, but overall, the market is hurting. We have a lot of supply out there. You'll hear me recap some of those numbers on the chat with Justin. All this to say that personally, I feel like, you know, we do need a bit of an evolution of the ecosystem in Top Shot. I think we need to start burning or staking moments or just have some kind of evolved reason to hold them and or get rid of them. Same thing in burning and staking. But I wanted to ask um, a really smart mind about it and have a really good conversation. So listen to my chat with Justin. Ladies and gentlemen of the First Mint, we have an old friend who may have, I don't think has ever actually been on the show, Justin Herzig, the Herzbot from Own the Moment. Dude, what's up, man? Cheers, LG. How's it going? I feel like it wasn't uh, too long ago we were in New York, and uh, oh, here we are. I'm excited. Yes, yes. Those were, that was a very good time. I'm at home now. I'm not in Miami or anything like that, like other people. And uh, But that was, that was a very nice meeting. We met twice. And that's more than I've met most people in the space. So it was very good. We got we got supply on Top Shot. We got a lot of it. And I wanted to chat with you about it. You're a numbers guy. Um, you know, you, I'm sure you guys have shared a lot of thoughts on the moment on, on, on the different supply that's coming out. Before I kind of throw it to you to ask you a couple questions, I'm just going to recap some of the kind of high level numbers we have on Top Shot right now. The Series 3 roadmap gave us 18 sets coming out over the nine months of the season. So from like October to the end of July, let's say, to, or to the end of June, to the end of the finals. That so far, we're, we're, we're literally 25% through the season. Most teams have played 20 games as of today, Friday. And we still only have like, you know, the base set releases and just one set out of those 18. So two sets out of those 18, 1.5 sets out of those 18 that have come out. The drop this past week or last week on fresh threads added 2.2 supply to the to the overall you know total of moments. There are 24 and a half million moments, and we have 240,000 more packs coming Tuesday, which will be tomorrow by the time people are listening to this, which is 720,000 moments. Is this too much, Justin? That's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, no, I mean, I completely understand why it's happening. And even if we say that, hey, you know, there were some challenges in S2 and they've learned from that and they're trying to build for the long term with S3. I think I think some of the challenge, at least my challenge with all these new sets are for me as a collector, what does another Chris Paul moment do for me? And I'm a huge Chris Paul fan, 
Mm. What value are people getting out of collecting these new sets compared to their existing collections that already have a majority Mm -hmm. of their favorite players? And I think this is why Top Shot understands that it's really that need to gamify things to ensure that there is consistent engagement. And I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of gamification, even if there isn't a hardcore game within Top Mm -hmm. Shot. Like collector score, it's gamification in the most basic way. A company incentivizing certain behaviors through gamified rewards, the showcases, these flash showcases that a lot of people are like, and you know, we've been really enjoying as well. But and when you do think about the hardcore game, like this is still all gamifying engagement because just simply collecting, that's not really what the nature of Top Shot has become. Mm-hmm. Do you think like? Like this current gamification isn't enough. Like like trade tickets, obviously, were this all that also happened this past week. So we had another, I think, like whatever the series one reserve packs were that came out. So another there's 500 packs, so 1500 moments that came out all series one. People gave in, you know, traded in 350 trade tickets for a chance at one of these packs. Some people didn't get some. Some people that did get some got pretty. Uh, we're, we're relatively underwhelmed, let's say, because not all series one moments are, are the most mind blowing or the most uh, lucrative. Is that are, are we getting enough out of trade tickets? Because we're supposed to be using all these, you know, 60K moments as trade tickets. Is, is it enough to kind of satisfy that gamification thirst? I mean, I think my concern is I, I joined the platform because I love the NBA. I love collecting. I didn't join because I want to play a game of trading in trade tickets. Now, I completely understand mm. why it's happening in the gamification aspects. And I think from a short-term facet for engagement, Top Shot is doing that. They're doing it very well. Um, mm. But from a long-term stance, eventually they're going to be out of these S1 you know, reserve packs. Mm-hmm. Is the game that we're playing then to continue to collect trade in tickets for whatever the next carrot is? I- I'm not sure. And I think mm. like, I think... Obviously, they're in a very challenging situation predicament right now. And I think they've done, you've definitely seen some successes with regards from a product. And I think like mm-hmm. these showcase challenges are a great way of engagement. It makes people want to watch the NBA, which the NBA is happy about. Um, but does this all turn, is this all, you know, it is an entertainment product. And so this is just one more step of gamification, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, but if we are trying to take a step back and think about from an actual collector aspect, because trading in trade tickets, collector score, like, I don't know, in most basic form, I don't think of that as being a true nature or characteristics or collector. Mm. I have one thought around supply that I'd love to bounce off you and kind of get your Please. take. Okay. Yeah. Like, and maybe with NFL all day, like, hey, you have a fresh light, like you could try this. I don't mm. know. But here, what if each year, each player only has one legendary, one rare, and one common moment? Mm-hmm. Or maybe we say more commons because commons aren't supposed to be valuable and you can, we want to have everyone avail- ba- available to have the ability to open packs. But so one rare, one legendary. That gives me an incentive each year to go out of my way to collect the moments of the players that I like you know, within mm-hmm. my price range. And I think as a byproduct, that also then means there's more demand in the marketplace. There's a healthier economy overall. And like that really lights a fire under me as a collector of, hey, there's only one of this Chris Paul that's a legendary and a rare. Like, I need to make sure those are my collection. I'm going to go Mm -hmm. get those. I mean, I'm all for, you know, the reason I want to chat with you, Justin, is I'm all for reducing supply through whichever means possible. And when the Series 3 roadmap came out, you know, that's when I alluded to, I was like, this is a lot for 
you know, uh, an end for one NBA season. And also, you know, we're seeing some new users, but we don't know if those users are, are spending that much just yet. So it's a lot to dump on kind of like the current the current base. I've seen a lot to, to kind of circum not circumvent, but to kind of give a long winded answer to, to or thought to your question. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, you know, pull up a player and say like, hey, here's their metallic gold and here's their rare throwdowns or their rare whatever other set. Why are the prices like this? Because they don't understand how it's almost the same supply, but yet one moment is twice the price of the other, right? And there's kind of unclear, like, oh, maybe there's more utility for this one. This one's more special. Is the Top Shot debut? Something like that, right? There's always some kind of contentious thing, but there's always kind of a, a there's there's I think there's lacking a clear hierarchy of which moments are the most valuable, which ones are the mid tier ones, and which ones are the crap. Right. So right now it's like you can, you know, are rare moments really rare from series two? You can go buy throwdowns or metallic gold from series two for like 60 or 70 bucks. Right. So it's like and even if those are kind of random players or kind of not so great players, it's still like. But then you also have a lot of series three base moments coming out that are like triple or quadruple that because they're like a rookie or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like I, I just don't know if, if the current hierarchy of like the legendary rare and common is really bucketing the moments properly. And perhaps like you're saying, a reduction in supply to just like every every player gets one legendary, one rare and one common, and that's it, will then give you a clearer sense of what's valuable for which player and, and, and sets. It's fucking confusing, man. It's confusing is what I'm saying. Even for me, like even when Veerman wrote that blog post about collector score, I was like, I still don't understand when I read that, you know? So there's a lot. And do you want your experience to be how to gamify collector score or mm. do you want your experience to be hey i want to collect this player like at the most basic level when we got into top shot in the early days like my hope was i could use my basketball knowledge even though i don't have that much of it but like i could use whatever mm -hmm. basketball knowledge i have because if i think this player is going to be great at the end of the season or in this trade's going to impact them i want to be able to I want to be able to value. I want to be able to profit because mm -hmm. I was ahead of the game and I was correct. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. No big deal. But we don't have that because, and maybe it is, as you say, like maybe I do think that like, hey, Lonzo's going to have the breakout this year for whatever reason. And maybe like I, but which moment do I go buy of that? Because right. do I go buy the S1 Top Shot debut? Do I buy the MGLE? Mm -hmm. Turns out if you had the cheapest one, that was actually valuable because it came up in this most recent Fresh Threads challenge. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, that's it. Is I think I think the perhaps a problem then that we're kind of identifying, or suggested suggested problem with this mass supply is that it muddles like the hierarchy of moments, and that's what ends up happening when you have thirty different LeBron moments, right? It's like you know a lot of chatter these days as the market's kind of going down is like, oh, the Top Shot debut for LeBron is going to be under five thousand dollars soon, if not already, and. That's like the only moment that in the Kobe dunk that we can universally agree is like, those are the best LeBron moments. But what about the other 28 moments, right? Which one's the best one? The no look three that was hot for a little bit last year, but do we really care about it that much? He has a series two hollow. Is that supposed to be a good moment, right? Like, like, yeah, I have the rare final set from series one. That's the only appearance of LeBron in the finals other than legendary. Is that good, right? It's like, I think, I think just with so many moments, we have trouble identifying really which ones are, are the ones you're, you're supposed to hang on to. And this is exactly what we were talking about with the Twitter conversation earlier. Like, I think long-term circulation count is going to be the most direct form as a way to value. Other than the outliers mm -hmm. of S1, of rookies, 
From there, I think it's gonna come down to circulation count because as you're saying, that's the most clear way to kind of signal to collectors, hey, here's how we value, here's how we rate this one's value, here's how we kind of come up with this one's value. But mm -hmm. it, it's still challenging. And um, but, the, but then, but then that's not reflected, though, Justin. That's the thing, right? Because then you're looking. If you look at LeBron, his 35k moment, his 40k moment, his 15k moment, and his 7500 moment, which I think he has in Series Two base, he has one of those. Uh, yes, it's a dunk. All of those are worth the same for collector score. They're all worth the same, and they're all in the same set in base set, which is all the moments in there are worth the same if you're just trying to collect a set. Right. So it's like so that even though they have drastically different mint counts, the gamification of Top Shot values all of them the same. If you if you trade those in for a trade ticket, they are all worth the same. Yeah. Right. So it's like I like what you're saying. It's just like, well, we should count. We should maybe use mint count because then as mint counts increase over time, then naturally series one and series two should be more valuable. But so long as those moments then aren't weighed appropriately by mint count in the gamification of top shot then what's the point right right and what happens when hardcore does come out because now if hardcore is going to help steer the, you know start to steer the value a bit <laughs> does one lebron have more value than another lebron and then is it based off rare legendary common but are all common the same i'm not sure and i'm perfectly okay not counting the game just across all of top shot if all commons across the board end of the day end up being the same thing as comments yes early days we've seen different in circulation count mm -hmm. there'll probably be some but like if the direction that top shot wants to go and obviously Dever Labs, because we're talking all day we're talking about all their future mm -hmm. products is mm -hmm. that all commons a common is a common is a common and yes in the early days of top shot there were different circulation counts but end of mm -hmm. the day commons are commons well, okay that's fine but make the rares and the legendaries truly have value and that's where i would love to see maybe it's possible for this idea if you want to create some exception, like, okay, playoffs, they're allowed an extra one or something, but like one rare, one legendary of each player each year, I think that would mm -hmm. be a huge step forward for people to better understand mm -hmm. how do I collect? What should I be collecting? What should I really, what, what should be the stars of my collection? Mm -hmm. That's it. And even like, I even like, like a, it's like your player is going to have a legendary this year, but you, you better hope like it's in a good set, right? You know what I mean? Then it's like, it's like then, Rather than every play, like LeBron is going to have a hollow and a metallic this year, probably, and he'll have one for every series that he's playing. But rather, wouldn't it be cool if like LeBron's never had a hollow and this is going to be his first one? You know what I mean? Like that would actually be more interesting over or you'd have situations where it's like, all right, what's LeBron's legendary going to be? Then it turns out it's like, OK, it's deck the hoops retro. And it's like, that's cool too. But then you're like, ah, he doesn't, I wanted the hollow, but he's not going to have it this year. Right? Like you could have that in itself could be kind of like a fun game for collectors to play, for fans to play, to hope that their player lands in a set that they want this year, right? Out of their, out of 100%. their three moments. Right. And then finally in series five, it's like, oh, finally LaMelo has a hollow, right? Like, you know, then we could do, we could kind of play that game a little bit. Right. Um, so that could be fun. Uh, what about burning moments? And I don't mean trade tickets, Justin. I mean burning. Like, like let us just like either burn moments together to make a new moment or to get some kind of priority queue or some other kind of benefit. But let a more liberal approach to, to people let it to letting people essentially destroy their moments. What are your thoughts there? 
Yeah, so let's let's change the wording a bit and remove burning, <laughs> just because I do believe that there is a negative connotation in the, from Dapper oh. Labs and maybe by the NBA that we don't know about and that they just don't want to eliminate these. But let's just say taking away from the ecosystem, whether it is mm. through law, like whatever. Um, I think anything that leads to, because why are you excited about it? You're excited about it because it leads to a deflationary supply. It ends mm-hmm. up decreasing the amount of moments that are out there. Yeah, that sounds like a Band-Aid problem to what already exists. If we can get the supply right for the future, then burning shouldn't be as important. I think staking is something mm. I'd be more exciting about. Mm. And you know, when we think about like what is this answer to supply, I know you mentioned earlier too, but like you know, there's always that, well, okay, new users. And I think asking for new users is tough because yes, that's like the clearest line of sight to prices going up, increased demand equals increased prices, blah, blah. But if we get new users in the current like way that Top Shot's structured, Top Shot's likely just going to increase the supply. When we have these pack drops, like what, the most recent pack drop, you could get back in line four or five times and eventually it's sold out. And so as long as they're selling out, they're just going to continue mm-hmm. to increase the supply to match mm-hmm. the demand. So mm-hmm. new users doesn't actually solve for that underlying problem that we're seeing. So this clamoring for new users only, to be honest, it only makes it really sound like a Ponzi scheme to an outsider where it's like, oh, well, the only way to gain value is by dumping it on the next round of entrance. I think staking, you know, staking is very interesting. There are some really smart people. I'm not the one who came up with this, but a couple different people mm-hmm. have put it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But it is just another form of gamification. It is a strong behavior. Not selling mm-hmm. your moment will reward you as a collector with another moment with something else. Yes, it probably helps the economy, but it's also gamifying and kind of manipulating the market a little. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I, I definitely don't claim to have all the answers. Appreciate how difficult like the macroeconomics challenges here are for Top Shot. Um, mm-hmm. But in my mind, I think like, yeah, I think obviously supply, I think some form of real utility, it's, you know, <laughs> not to go into, but like that's what really drove us to build the owner's club is, hey, let's add real utility, whether it's through games, through whatever it is. Um, and I think there's still lots of opportunity for Dapper Labs to get that right. Love it. Love it. Justin, last question. What's new at the Owners Club, man? Give us a preview of what's going to happen uh, as the season winds down and, and anything else we can look forward to there. No, it's been fantastic. We, um, I think we're about to eclipse the million dollars in prizes paid out. We uh, <sighs> are going to have the finals wow. down in Miami where the Miami Heat play. So at FTX Amazing. Arena will be the finals. And we yeah. just announced the playoff contest that anybody can join contest is still free and it'll have a hundred thousand dollars in prizes wow shit man a million dollars in prizes that must feel good you're giving that back to the community that's amazing i mean it's just been so great to see the level Mm -hmm. of just engagement the enjoyment of it and uh yeah this is just year one um it's a long journey ahead beauty thanks justin good to chat with you man and that is going to do it for us today folks thank you for listening we will be back on Wednesday for another show. We have a very special guest in the house, Maddie DCL, DCL blogger, a legend of the NFT space, an OG, a man who's got a lot of followers on Twitter, but for a good reason. He created the MetaKey amongst many other great initiatives. So have a listen then. We'll see you next time on The First Minutes.